All right, folks, welcome back to another week of the Drew World Order. I am State Representative Andrew Beeler. I'm joined by my co-host, State Representative Andrew Fink, and we are talking today about short-term rentals. We've already talked about this a little bit, but... Alluded to it. Yeah, I, mean, I think I think we mentioned it as on that episode we yeah, did on... Yeah, and, and, and it comes up, and we'll talk about it a lot today, the overlap between this topic and subsidiarity. Um, right. It's, I mean, it's, it, it is probably the central issue, and that's why we saw last night, um, slash this morning, um, folks on both sides voting no. That, that's kind of, I think, why this issue is unique, is because it doesn't necessarily break down over partisan lines. It, I think it breaks down more over geographic lines. Yeah, that's an interesting observation, and we've been talking in a, in a few, few recent episodes about what you know, kind of what does direct a, you know, what what priorities does a representative put first? You make a good point that this this issue does seem to reflect uh, local character. Yeah, in a in a powerful way. But the other thing that I think is important to bring up, we, we talked about doing this topic for a podcast for a couple different reasons. One, I mean, it was it was I would say thus far in this session, it's been the most contentious bill we've done. But two. I would say you and definitely I have grappled with this quite a bit, have seen both sides, have heard really compelling arguments from both sides of the argument. And again, we talked about this with Rep Tisdall earlier on the show, was this issue of having a gray, nuanced issue, and we have to vote yes or no, understanding the validity of both sides of the argument. And and I think it's important to highlight because uh, we both represent areas where this is a you know, hot button issue and people are passionate, right? I mean, put, put, put yourself in these shoes. I, I know these people, right? You know these people, right, right. the folks who have, you know, the home of their dreams and, and you have some bad short-term renters next door, weekend after weekend, ruining your, ruining your nights. You know, you can't sleep. They're being loud. They're trashing your yard. I, I get that. And that, that is tough. And, and it's just, it's a tough issue. Also put yourself in the Shoes of a, of a city who's trying to, you know, stimulate their economy and attract more folks to their small businesses. The small business owner who can't get more people to come to his restaurant because there's no place for out-of-towners to come and stay overnight. Um, there, there are really tough concerns to weigh on this, and hopefully we can spend this time in the show talking about how we worked through this and some of the competing concerns that we saw uh, th- through this bill. So maybe, maybe yeah. the best way to start is to talk about where this bill ended up, um, you know, because I'm sure a lot of our viewers tracked substitute one through ten but maybe they missed that tenth substitute of the bill wasn't actually i think it was sub 11 that we voted on correct think, yeah. Right? yeah yeah you know, they followed one through ten they missed that 11 they missed 11 know? yeah uh so and just yeah so to lay, lay this out the when we say short-term rental the commercial names that you should associate with uh with that concept are vrbo airbnb and anything else out there in the modern sharing economy that i've missed and the issue is muni- what, the degree to which muni- municipalities can, through zoning and other means, uh, limit the number uh, or the, the amount of kind of you know, penetration of this market into residential neighborhoods. Some certain municipalities would like to uh, act, you know, act in the marketplace in such a way that would ban them. Right, I mean that's it's a serious action in the marketplace, an, an outright ban, you cannot do this with a piece of property that you own. You know, we see zoning, we, we see regulation in, in whatever form it may take in what people can do with their property. I think in very few cases, maybe you can think of one, do we see a, uh, an instance where someone says, you cannot do this in your house. Yeah. Um, and, and that is where you start to run into issues. You have, you have this issue of local government control and you have this issue of private property rights. 
Yeah, I mean, that is the way that it's typically framed. And I suppose to, if you're a municipality that wants to be more restrictive, you would say we're, it's not a question of property rights. It's just a question of where you can make use, you know, where you can do this. Right. And, and so one of the elements of this bill that was consistent is that it defines short-term rentals as a residential use of property right. rather than a commercial use of property. Which is a big sticking point, point for folks is yes. they say, you know, this is, it, it's not. What's the definition of residential? Um, you know, and, and there's there's yeah. a lot of debate around that. Did you sorry? Did you already mention the the specifics of where this bill landed with the restrictions that we no, did we, place? We didn't, so originally, this this came out as a ban the ban is how people a ban put, the ban. Right? Yeah, perfect way to say it. Right. you cannot ban this. You can right. do whatever you want. You can't. Ban it. So so municipalities wanted to. You can't say ban on an airplane. You can't ban 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 <laughs> ban ban. Uh, you can't per, you can't fully prohibit in residential zones. Correct. Uh, Short-term rentals. Bingo. And the original version of this bill essentially said you can't ban them, and it is a residential use of property, which which would have been just very open. Right. And uh, over the course of time, and and I'll just say like that was a bill that I was ready to support. Yeah. At the time. Yeah. But over the course of many months uh, and many subs, as you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, the the basic framework is it's a residential use of property. It's going to it, you know according to this bill, it's a residential use of property, and municipalities can limit the total number to thirty percent right, of residential. Yeah. So, so what they landed on was thirty percent residential, and and that's that's the that's the floor, I guess uh, you could say. It's not the ceiling. It can be it no could be hundred percent of residential. Correct. Yes, yeah. but it could be as little as thirty percent. Correct. And then it it can be a hundred percent every single. Uh, Short-term rental can be owned by the same person, or it can be limited to two per person, which two means per, two legal per entity. entity. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. and so that that was those were I would say the, the broadest strokes of the compromises. So on the one side of this issue, you have folks who do want to basically be able to zone it out of existence. Yeah. On the other side, you had people who wanted to say you cannot ban them in any way. You can never reject you know, someone's ability to use a short-term rental. So those were the two extremes. And, and I think it's important to really draw those out clearly yes. because um, for listeners, for constituents, this is this is the world that we live in is we see these two uh, groups who want the opposites. And in many of, many of the cases, we have constituents who also want those. They have representatives here in Lansing through associations, through, you know, through this, that, and the other. But you know, we probably have constituents who are at both of those extremes. Yeah, I mean, I, that's right. Because, I mean, the so the... The who who wants to make land use more flexible? I mean, in this case, my local realtors came to me about this, and and think that this is this would be good for the real estate economy. Yeah. And who wants to you know uh, make sure that there's a certain kind of orderliness to land use in an, an area? Yeah. The municipal government. And yeah. so I had municipal officials approach me about this bill as well. Um, and one of the arguments is. There are a lot of good arguments, but some of the practicalities that come into play that you do have to take into consideration from from the folks who you know probably would just like to ban it. You know, th there are realistic considerations. Parking is one that comes up. Obviously, the, just the practicality of having people who are short-term renters, they're probably there to celebrate something that disproportionately involves maybe loud parties, maybe alcohol consumption, um, perhaps some disorderly conduct. You've probably been involved in your fair share of disorderly conduct in your life. I know I certainly have. As a prosecutor, yes. As a pro yeah, most definitely. Um, and so uh, it, 
That's fair, right? Trash, something as simple as trash concerns. You check out of your Airbnb on a Wednesday, but trash day isn't until the following Monday. That trash is gonna sit out there. It's gonna, that, that, those are all very fair concerns. And, and I hear those, you hear those. Yes. Um, and so, but, but again, I, I let's come lay, back to the two extremes. Yeah, but you know? I, I wanna lay out there something else. I mean, I, I supported this bill. And so, uh, you know, as, and as I said, I probably would have supported all of the subs. Right. I, I can't say that I actually read them all because they didn't actually all come up at a time when right. it mattered. So right. Where I we were we were in the process, but uh, but but I want to say that w the counter to that from kind of the property rights side of this, you know, putting it crudely, the property rights side of this argument is that your trash, you know, your, your blight ordinance, your nuisance ordinance, your noise ordinance, those things are all still enforceable by the municipality. And I just want to say, I, I don't think that's a complete shutdown argument because. I mean, you represent portions of two, one whole county and a portion of another county, a yeah. huge district. Yeah. I represent two entire counties. So if I have a township of 1,500 people with a couple of lakes on it, and they've got a problem uh, short-term rental, they can't call their local police department. It doesn't exist. Yes. The sheriff's office does not patrol after 6 p.m. in Branch County right now. Yes. And the state police are the only level of policing that is active in a township in Branch County right now. Yes. And so I just want to say, like, on behalf of the, the local governmental interest, it's, it's not so simple as to just say, enforce your other ordinances. Yep. It's true they're enforceable, but it isn't true that it, it's that easy. The practicality of enforcing them is, is another matter. No, yeah. absolutely. So we've addressed, I think, some of the very well-intentioned arguments from one of the extremes, the, you know, allow us to ban them, you know, because our community doesn't want them. Let's talk about some of the arguments, you know, from, from, the, from the other side. And, and uh, both of you, both you and I voted yes on this. And so we, we ended up, you know, supporting the compromises that were made. Um, you mentioned, you know, where you would have voted on the other subs, and there were so many it was hard to keep track of. But um, at, at the end of the day, we had this bill in front of us. gives gives what the bill proponents called it gave the municipalities a, a set of tools to use to regulate these according to how their community wanted uh, wanted it regulated. Um, one of the arguments that I was hearing, and I'd be interested to hear your feedback on this. I think that you probably had similar conversations was we need to, it is, it is not the role of the state government to, to usurp the local municipality for the following reason. If you allow a local municipality to, let's just, you know, I'm, I'm going to use this other person's argument to infringe upon the property rights of their local individuals. If, if we usurp them and prevent them from doing that, we will have no ability to vote out people who would otherwise like to infringe upon your, your property rights. In other words, we need to let bad elected officials make bad decisions so that we have the, um, the, the data, the yeah. evidence that we need to vote them out. There are, I have two objections to that argument. Uh, the first is that as the state government, we still have a direct responsibility to vindicate the rights of all the citizens of the state. Mm -hmm. And that includes maybe even especially when the uh, person restricting a citizen's freedom and infringing on a citizen's rights is a creature of state law, as municipal governments are. Right. You know, the state government, we've talked about that, I yeah. know, I'm sure, on the subsidiarity, yeah. the, the more... High lo higher level of abstraction conversation we had on some of this. Um, we created, not you and I, yeah. state government creates the municipal government. Right. And so letting that kind of go on 
we need to recalibrate if that's what's happening. Right. And that comes into the issue where some people are like, right, but the, you know, we don't want the federal government usurping the states. Different, right? Different, Di that yeah, is a different that's, thing. That's, yeah, yes. that's right. And, yeah. if, and okay. if you don't believe us, go back four or five episodes right. to the Subsidiarity yeah, exactly. Podcast. Okay. But go on. Which is probably the only podcast released on Subsidiarity in the year 2021. It should be easy to find. Just yeah. search it on <laughs> Apple yeah. Podcasts. Yeah. Uh, but the, the other objection I have to it is, is that the interest of the state overall the interests of the citizens of, of all, you know, all 10 million citizens of the state are not necessarily perfectly aligned with the citizens of a municipality. And so to the citizens of the municipality that is being more restrictive here, it might be exactly what they want their elected officials to do. Yeah. And they might think that it completely fits their interests. And let's just say, like in a certain narrow sense, they could be right about that. The virtue of having a larger political community, the state, is that we can kind of make decisions that benefit the the larger, you know, the, the 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 greater kind of polity, and we don't have to have things chopped up into tiny little blocks. I mean, we we could talk about other forms of preemption that we've we've done here, but the 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 point in this case is it's better for our state to have the availability of short-term rentals uh, be pretty consistent across the state. And the fact that in a particular small municipality, you know, a small number of people electing a township board, which is, of course, even smaller, find it to be more conducive to their narrow interest to not do that does not mean that that's a good policy for the entire state. Yeah. And there are times when the local comfortability, the local control does have to give way to a better overall economic policy, a better overall uh, kind of freedom oriented policy. Yeah. What have you. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, and that argument went along with the idea of kind of this, this you know, you have to let it hit rock bottom, right? You, you have to let certain elected officials usurp so much control and confiscate so many of our liberties uh, before people finally get it. I, I mean, that, as I was talking to folks who held that position, I, I understood where they were coming from. I mean, yeah. it's kind of the joke where, you know, they want to watch the world burn. They don't want to, but they they think that we need to. <laughs> That's the and, yeah. and the analogy they use was, yeah. you know, it's like an alcoholic. You need to let the alcoholic hit rock bottom before they fix themselves. And my argument in, in opposition was, you can do both, right? If you disagree with a local official, if you think a local official is usurping, you know, uh, individual uh, rights, then you could vote them out, and you can also vote to protect individuals' bills. Because the, the argument I was making is, you have communities within one municipality where they would be opposed to short-term rentals because that's the yes. area where there would be short-term rentals, and then you have the areas where it's not. However, right. the economic uh, upside to allowing short-term rentals, the influx of, of, of customers to go to small businesses, providing more jobs, et cetera, et cetera, that goes across the board. So the the folks who live in the areas unaffected by short-term rentals would right. would be harmed by the yes. economic downside right. of banning short-term rental. And so yeah. I don't think you only um, owe it to the people who are opposed to say, th this is leading into your point, it's, right. it's a broader, you know, a, a better economic policy. You owe it to the folks who it affects in all aspects. And there yeah. is a huge economic element to this. Yeah. Um, imagine the influx of customers to these small businesses. I, I understand the downsides. We spent the first half of the show talking about that. Right. But it's important also to be intellectually honest about the upsides. A massive influx of people. If you have somebody who is a day visitor to any city, any small, you know, tourist destination, and they don't have a place to stay, imagine how much money they're not spending there, okay? Um, so I, I, you have to be intellectually honest about the upsides of this. And 
you know, the, the Andrew Beeler quote is, there are no solutions, only trade-offs, right? <laughs> Copied you, by Thomas Sowell, I but it's disputed. Yeah. Um, and so I think, okay, let's be honest about the trade-offs. Yes, you know, you may have yep. some bad renters and, you know, we, we, we ought to try to find some way to limit that in some way, but there is also an upside. And, and it, it can become frustrating when people refuse to acknowledge the upside and debate the balance, right? Because that's what we're talking about here, is this yes. balance. We, we've, we've demonstrated the two polls. We talked about the compromise. Okay, where are we on the balance? Do the pros outweigh the cons? And uh, as two people who voted yes, I think our answer to that was yes. Yeah, that's that's right. But I but I yeah, and I do think it's it's good to it's good to acknowledge that even for those of us who were perfectly comfortable to vote yes on this thing, it's not because it's not a difficult. It's a it's a pretty thorny Correct. issue. Yeah, and uh, and it it did take some new. I mean, again, it did take some nuance to get to where we are on it. Yep. I do think that I mean I, I don't want to be repetitive with what we did in our subsidiarity episode again. Mm. The greatest. It was just such a good episode. Most popular subsidiarity episode of any podcast. I'm aware of, but it 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 all it does just speak to how you know in really doing the governing there there are principles that we all more or less agree to, you know agree on, uh, and and yet sometimes these things come into tension, even conflict, and so dealing with that resolving the tension is uh, is just the job we have to do. So yeah, and and I think it was also a good silver lining, right? It was kind of a good exercise in in understanding how to receive feedback. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, I've told you this before, it's a super hot button issue in my area and I receive a lot of hate mail about the issue. You know, I will never support you. We are totally against this. You don't represent us. You know, people who are very passionate about that and you want to be respectful of that. Um, I don't think that you can be beholden to those folks because, I mean, for every one of those, there's somebody on the other side of the issue. And, um, you know, there are going to be groups that, that look out for their interests. And, I mean, that's human nature, right? Yeah. Each interest group is going to look out for their interest. And I think that, that we were sent here to make these tough decisions. That's something I talked about a lot while I was campaigning is everybody can, can make the easy calls. Yeah. Those decisions are made elsewhere. And it's I, yeah. the tough calls that, uh, that are these margin calls that are going to make people mad no matter what. But you have to press yes or no. I don't want to inflate the importance of this particular issue. I mean, I think it is yeah. very important, but it's not, you know, recency bias. It's not the Declaration of Independence or something. It's not. It is not. It's close. Probably second. You probably got Declaration of Independence, Magna Carta, short-term rentals. My it, opinion. It but. feels like the Declaration of Independence, but not you know a lot like it. Yeah. Uh, but but it does. Uh, you you do have to sometimes just accept that people are going to be mad at you about a decision that you make and be ready to defend it. Yeah. Um, and it helps if you have done that work of kind of talking to people beforehand. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and that, that, that has been a huge thing. I think with this issue as new legislators, one thing I've noticed is communicating and, and just keeping these people informed. People don't want to feel blindsided. They don't want to feel like they're out of the loop and they shouldn't be right. I mean, it's yeah. our job to communicate sure. with, yeah. You know, local levels of government, county levels of government, individual constituents, if that if that is the case. Um, and so I didn't send them all 11 subs, but I certainly had a very active dialogue with county and local level officials trying to keep them updated and, and hear their concerns. A, a big part of what we do is to voice the concerns of our district. Um, and and th this bill was a good exercise in that, if not, if not a difficult one. A lot of fun, too. 
Lots of fun, certainly. Um, what's the best way to kind of put a bow on this? It's not the, what is it? It's not the destination. It's the memories you make along the journey or something. It's the climb, the Miley Cyrus song. Is that what you're calling <laughs> I, I, I am not that up on the Miley Cyrus situation. <laughs> I do know uh, both Party in the USA and thanks to my kids, the Weird Al Yankovic cover or parody Party in the CIA. That's a good one. You already know more than me. Um, I think the look the bow to put on this is uh, is listen to the subsidiarity episode. That's the bow. No, I, I think the bow is uh, is it's 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 good to do. It's it's good to, to to feel like you know that like the issue's been worked. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And um, if if this was a mistake, it wasn't a mistake made by Omission, not. Yeah. Yeah. By not working it. Yes. By not thinking through. Yes. You no. Know, by not taking feedback, as you say, from all sides. And yeah. I mean, I want you know. I want to again say you know. I heard, I heard. Yes, the associations in town, are, which is typically how how people right. get get their concerns. That's out. why you do it because they're it, organized. Centralized, yeah. right? We <laughs> yeah. come to Lansing. They Correct. come to Lansing. Yes. It's easy. But also yeah. people in my district, you know, yeah, came to me about this stuff. So it was good. I mean, it, it was a good experience. Leaves people somewhat unsatisfied again. You know, that right? Happens, but, but I I think that you know the point of this podcast is to give people you know a, a look behind the curtain, so to speak, a, a look inside of the the decision making process and the different uh, things that we weigh. And and I think that this episode will hopefully serve as what you said. Right? It, this was not for lack of consideration. Right. This was something that was deliberated. Uh, it was. It, as as you're talking to different folks, all of a sudden you start to hear their arguments. You're like, that yep. is that is a really new argument. That's a very yeah. compelling argument. Let me think if that let me think if that moves me right. Yeah. And and boy, I mean, we saw it for for hours and hours yesterday trying to to get through this and, and or trying to find a different compromise that that would work. So yeah. uh, hopefully this this show has demonstrated the the extent to which that happens on, on an issue like this, right? And maybe some of our listeners are like never even heard of this issue. And and th- these are the types of things that all of a sudden, you know, we, we are expending massive amounts of, of of resources trying to think about, trying to grapple with uh, and ultimately trying to cast the right vote. Based on who I think listens to this show, I, they probably have all heard of it. <laughs> but I mean, it's I a hope. wide, it's a large swath of people. The thousands within our audience, I would say there's probably one or two that it's possible. Not. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's another episode of Drew World Order. This one on one topic, but I do think that it's a good, uh, it's a good stand-in for the way this works. Indeed. And, yeah. So it, you're right. This is a good, good episode for the project of our show of explaining. You know what happens once we get up here, and we don't. I, I for most issues, I don't commit to a particular. I mean, there's there are plenty of issues where I can say like, yeah, I would never do this, I would never do that. Uh, but on on an issue like this, where just you have to engage your judgment, what I what I my commitment, I'm sure this is true of you too, is to listen to, you know, listen to our constituents, listen to what people have to say about it, and then use our best judgment. Yep. And that's what in the Drew World Order we're up to. So thanks a lot for listening. Tune in next time. <laughs>